going off the beaten path a little bit today to share the story of my estranged little sister, Fiona. And with estrangement comes processing grief in a really unconventional way. And here's just a piece of my story about what what is happening right now in real life, live time with my little sister. I don't have the solutions, I don't have the answers, but my hope is that, dear listeners, you'll be able to relate with some of what I share. Welcome to the Together Sober Podcast. I am your host, Louise Barnett, former Fortune 100 Global Sales Director turned Jay Shetty Accredited Life Coach. Each week, we will provide you a safe space of guidance, empathy, accountability, and support, helping you to find effortless sobriety and mental peace. Before we get started, you guys, please, please, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, like this episode, and rate and review the Together Sober podcast. This is actually the only way that we can grow organically to start impacting more and more lives to find lasting sobriety and mental peace. Welcome back to another episode of the Together Sober Podcast, where my mission every single week is to create survival guides out of our collective stories and conversations and an effort for us all to find not just lasting, but what I consider effortless sobriety. And what I mean by that is if we put in the work and if we have these conversations, keeping and maintaining our sobriety from our substance of choice will feel effortless. Today's a solo episode, and on solo episodes, sometimes I share a piece of my own story. Sometimes I teach a tool or present a resource. Sometimes we just kind of like talk about a topic um, of interest and, and come to some kind of, not conclusions, but kind of draw out from that topic what serves us on our own journeys in recovery. And... Today, there's something on my mind um, that I'm kind of, if I'm being honest, reaching out to you guys, um, reaching out to the community for your help and guidance. Um, I'm going to share a piece of my story today that relates to a relationship that I have in my family. And I am at a crossroads and don't know what to do about it and have a lot of shame around it. And um, we all know that keeping this stuff buried doesn't serve anyone. So the relationship that I'm sharing with you today is the relationship with my little sister. And she is somebody that is very special to me. Uh, she's two years younger than me. So we obviously grew up really close together and I'm much more of that like type A personality. And she is much more of that very whimsical, imaginative, creative um, personality. She's always running late. I'm always five minutes early um, kind of thing. And she's just an amazing human. 
And so we stayed really close kind of growing up. And especially when I chose to really veer off the path that I was raised in um, and chose to start you know, drinking and smoking and having sex and doing all the things that we were taught growing up were not right to do. Um, her and I became very close because she didn't really go make those choices to the extent that I did, but she also chose to start drinking. She was a little bit more of a late bloomer, you might say, um, with that kind of thing. But we bonded, you know, on those levels and really stayed close all through college years and post-college years and saw each other through a lot. There were a lot of things um, that I never shared with my parents, for example, or my older sister, for example, that I would always share with Fiona is her name. Uh, I have a global family. So uh, Fiona has lived most of her adult life in the UK and now in Amsterdam. So our relationship has always been telephone, WhatsApp, um, FaceTime, that kind of thing. And we've had some ups and downs in our relationship. Um, she was married and her wedding was in Africa. And it was the year that I went to um, the psychiatric ward and was given my bipolar diagnosis. And Annabelle was like one years old. And um, I wasn't, I made the choice not to go to the wedding. And that caused, I know, a big kind of strife in our relationship. And anyway, family stuff, right? Like stuff comes up. Fiona um, went through a really um, bitter, ugly divorce. And um, there were a lot of things that contributed to it. Obviously, there always are with divorce. Um, but really, the main catalyst for their separation and for the divorce was uh, an emotional, a presumed emotional affair that her ex-husband had. And this, the deterioration of this relationship, and, and this is all from my perception, of course, um, really took a huge, like that is a, that is an understatement. Like it took just a massive, massive, massive toll on Fiona's mental health. And again, I'm saying this all from the perspective of somebody that lives in the United States. Her sister is across the world. I only know bits and pieces, right? I don't have the full story. And I, I know that I know that I don't have the full story. Um, during this time, um, my older sister flew over to try to help. My mom flew over to try to help. Things were really chaotic um, during this this time of separation. There was a lot of verbal violence, physical violence, um, just extreme emotion to the point of, of concern on our family side. Um, in this time, when my mom went over, my mom spent some time speaking with the ex-husband and um, that was uh, a huge moment for Fiona, my sister, because she interpreted that as an act of betrayal. And I'm not going to talk about this relationship with um, my mom, but suffice it to say that um, they have not had a relationship since. Um, and so we're going on about five years now. 
um, that they haven't been speaking. And there's been a lot of hatred um, thrown in my mom's direction from Fiona since that time. For me, um, I really supported Fiona during the separation. And then, and by supported, I mean like quite literally like daily phone calls, hour long phone calls every single day. Um, but I, I was starting to grow concerned, um, that there was just a lot of like severe mental illness kind of going on. Um, and I can say this because, Hey, been there, done that. Right. Um, I know what it's like to really ruminate on things. I know what it's like anyway, just kind of displaying no labels, but like, sure. There's some borderline symptoms out there. There are maybe some bipolar symptoms out there, maybe some narcissism out there, but all in all, just the, the emotions around this to me felt, above and beyond what maybe a person without mental illness, how that person would process them. Um, so we kind of like keep going in life. Um, and she, you know, somehow gets through the divorce. She then kind of goes back to her ways of, um, jumping into relationships with unavailable men, you know, behavior that's really similar to myself. And, uh, and uh, diving into her work, she's she works as a musical conductor in Amsterdam. And I remember it was January of 2019. I remember this because I was at the airport on my first business trip um, when I was working for Hilton. And the reason I was calling Fiona was because um, she had just uh, been turned down for a job for a musical conducting job. And she was kind of on one of her rants and raves about how it, you know, the, the conductor who turned her down, you know, hated women and he was sexist and da, 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 da. And she should have gotten the job and da, 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 da. And just goes on and on and on and on and on. And so she proceeded to write a kind of scathing review of this professor and post it on Facebook and so I saw the post on Facebook and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like, no, she has not done this. This could damage her career. She doesn't live in a huge city. She's trying to make a name for herself. I, as older sister, feel like I want to call her and ask her, like, tell her, like, Fiona, this could have huge ramifications. Like, you should not be putting this on Facebook. Um, so I called her from the airport and we had a conversation. Admittedly, I was probably drunk or getting on my way to being drunk because I was in that state of mind at every airport I went to in those days. And um, so what I remember from the conversation is just a lot of defensiveness, a lot of resistance. Um, and it, the conversation got ugly. I'm pretty sure I just like cut it off by hanging up or something like that. Um, but However, I tried to communicate this didn't go over well and certainly wasn't received well. That was January of 2019. And the only communication I've had with my little sister since is um, in the very beginning, she would send me really nasty like voice notes, um, like really nasty kind of things. Um, and... Since 2019, I send her birthday wishes. I send her Christmas wishes. And in the past year, I probably actually two years, I tried to send her like every month or so um, a voice note, like a long kind of loving 
voice note. And that's the relationship that I have with my sister. And um, I've talked to therapists about this. I've talked to psychiatrists about this. I've talked to my sister about this. I've talked to my mom about this. I've talked to my dad about this. I've talked to my husband about this. And there just doesn't seem to be any solution. It's really bizarre because um, she still does not have any relationship with my mother. Um, but she does speak with my sister and she does speak with my father, which makes it really strange and awkward and confusing and hurtful. Um, and then just this year, just two months ago, we learned that Fiona is pregnant and she's having a baby this July, July of 2023. So you can imagine the emotions um, that that's brought up in our family. And all I honestly truly want is my sister back. I don't like, I don't even know what bad or good things have happened over the past four years. Um, and I don't even know what I would ask for if I want an apology. Like I, I don't, I haven't even, all I want is my sister back. And I don't, sometimes I wonder, like, am I so upset because I'm somebody that really wants control, right? I have eating disorder history. I have addiction history. I have all these things that support that, like Louise wants control all the time. So is this just about me wanting control of a relationship or just me wanting to, to win in some way? I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, it is really frustrating to send genuine, loving, authentic messages to a brick wall, quite literally to a brick wall, um, and not even know if they're being received, to be honest. Um, it's really hurtful and painful to know that my older sister is flying there this August to meet the baby and spend time with my sister. I don't know if anybody out there has an estranged family member or any life experiences that maybe could connect you to my story at all. But it's, um, you know, when they say like you in sobriety, you have to sit with your feelings and stuff gets hard and like, these are those feelings that I fucking hate sitting with. I hate sitting with them. I tend to just disassociate now um, instead of using drugs and alcohol. Um, but that's not helping me process. We've talked in therapy about processing this potentially as a, a, a loss of life. Um, but the reason that I don't, want to do that. I don't want to grieve or process this as losses of life because I maintain so much 
hope that there's a future um, relationship. And I think if I process her as a loss or death, um, I think I'm just not willing to go there, you know? Um, so that's one of the hard things. Glennon Doyle talks all the time about doing hard things, right? And one of the really hard things that I do every day and um, sit with every day is thinking about my little sister that used to be my best friend. And um, I try not to, you know, sometimes it's easier to be like, oh, well, she just has mental problems. Like maybe she's bipolar and that's why. And then you can kind of dismiss it. So I... I don't know any of that to be true. And that's not for me to say. And so to not have any understanding of the why this has happened, aside from just a argument that in my perception is, you know, just life, <laughs> right? Like sisters argue. Um, there's nothing from my perception that warrants uh, the transition that our relationship has taken in the past four years, especially given the history that our relationship has had. And uh, I say this so many times at the end of solo episodes, I'm like, I don't have any answers for you. <laughs> I'm quite useless. Um, I'm reaching out to you, dear listeners, um, to hear from you. If you have a story about this, I... It doesn't have to do anything with addiction, but I would love to feature you on the podcast and help tell your story because right now I think the only thing that's granting me peace is the ability to just share a piece of this story, right? I have almost 40 years of history with this sweet little girl who, by the way, reminds me so much of Annabelle. Sometimes I even accidentally will call Annabelle Fiona or when I'm thinking about Fiona, I think in my head, Annabelle. Um, it's crazy. Um, but uh, I think sometimes a platform like this is maybe not how we can solve, but how we can continue to process because I it it just comes out of nowhere. And I'm sure if you have suffered grief and loss that some of this is sounding familiar, it just like hits you like a ton of bricks sometimes when you're at least expecting it. I was I was driving home from a doctor's appointment today and you know your mind just starts wondering. And I I just started thinking about her again. <laughs> um and I um but today I got really angry. Um sometimes I get really sad. Today I got really angry, like why won't she just fucking message me back or call me back or text me? Or I sent her a message saying, can you just tell me if you love me? Because if you don't love me, then I will process this as, as grief, as loss, right? Um, but if you do, then I feel like a reconciliation is warranted. Um, but every message I send, even if it's just of pure happiness and love and joy, it, it doesn't matter what type of message I send. It just goes to deaf ears and it is maddening. And it's really sad. And I think as I process through so much of my past and I've been 
I dedicated 2022 and 2023 to significant work on my part, on my mental health. Um, and I'm feeling like I'm in a really great, healthy place with a lot of these areas. And this is kind of now becoming the thorn or that one area that is just completely unprocessed. And I, I don't know how to process it. Um, it's, it's strange. I think it's somewhere in the area of loss or breakup, right? Um, maybe you can process a relationship like this as a breakup or a divorce versus a loss of life. Um, I don't have a lot of experience, um, with breaking up with somebody that I truly love a lifelong love. Um, so my ask of you, dear listeners, is to please reach out to me. I'm asking for your help today. Um, you can find me on all the social tags. You know how to get me there. Louise D. Barnett, pretty much anywhere you look. You can send me an email at hello at louisebarnett.com. And if you're somebody that has or is suffering uh, a loss of estrangement or significant loss, that could be divorce or a breakup or something and feel that your story is, is one that you'd like to share with listeners. And you think that listeners could benefit from hearing. I would love to hear that. And the podcast application is just at louisebarnett.com. Just go to the podcast page and you can enter the application there. Just tell me a little bit about your story. And I'd like to explore this idea, um, with listeners, because I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that's experiencing this loss of estrangement or just loss of love in general. And I, I would like to share more of those stories with listeners as we move forward. Thanks for listening together. Sober podcast. I love you tons and tons with all of my heart and you'll hear from me next week with another solo episode. If you're still listening right now, I'm going to assume that you really liked this episode. And if that's the case, can you please go ahead and rate and review the Together Sober podcast? What this does is organically puts the podcast into more listeners' ears, thus creating more lasting and effortless sobriety and mental peace for others.